Welcome back to Feed the Post. I am your host, Joe Jackson. Today, we are back with another Big Ten basketball team preview. I am joined by Kane Robb, and we're going to be talking some Minnesota Gophers. Kane, how's it going? You know, it's going. Yeah, we had some bounce back with football and basketball is almost here. I'm just happy for the college seasons to be in full swing. Yeah, it's a it's a good time of year. Football's going on. Basketball, I think we're like 36 days away as of recording. Uh, going to be less than that by the time this goes out. So super exciting time. I'm excited for college basketball to get here. I'm um, excited to kind of dive into this Minnesota team. And this is a team, obviously, the last year wasn't wasn't a good season, just to put it bluntly. Nine and twenty-two overall, two and seventeen in Big Ten play, um, and we'll talk about this upcoming year in a bit. But like, even though it wasn't obviously a year that I think you know Minnesota fans were hoping for, things like that. Is there any positives you can kind of take away from the season still? Um, I think the biggest positive that we take away from the season is you got a lot of minutes for your young players, especially the three freshmen from last year who have returned. And you have the most returning players that Coach Ben Johnson has had in his three, four years here. So it's just like, hopefully we'll start to see some trajectory upwards with that growth, with that returning production, and with those players hopefully taking a second year leap. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's the big thing is specifically like Payne and then Ola Joseph Carrington, like being able to just to get those guys minutes is huge that early in the career. Dawson Garcia also had a solid year, which I think was, um, you know, that's important as well. Just if they're trying to kind of move up for this year. Uh, one other thing with last year's team is obviously I, I don't, you know, they, they didn't play well. We don't need to repeat that. But in the last four games, they go two and two. They were really competitive against Wisconsin also. Um, was there anything different in those last four games that you saw uh, that kind of gave you a little bit more hope or you think it was more just uh, just just kind of how the games fell? You know, I thought and I remember in my notes from last year when I was covering the team that they started to get more involved with the pick and roll in the offense and having more movement on the offense. I know, especially in the beginning, it felt like they were really trying to feel things out and like having Jamison Battle and having Dawson Garcia who was supposed to step up when and who should have the ball in their hands. And it just, it felt like it wasn't gelling well. And then you had the Dawson Garcia injury. So then Jamison Battle had more expectations to step up, but it didn't necessarily feel like that went smoothly. Then when he comes back, it's finding that mixture again. And then you had Talon Cooper, who also was very ball dominant. So it was just like the offense was very stagnant throughout the first three fourths of the season. As we got to that back half, you started to see a lot more pick and roll work with Cooper and Garcia, Cooper and Payne, and them playing more fluidly. Now, there were still moments where it got stagnant, but I, I took that away as something that I'm hopeful for this upcoming season, especially with a lot of those ball-dominant players off to different schools. And having been to that first practice that they had open to the media, it looks like the emphasis is move that ball around and move it quick. Yeah, that was the that was a huge thing that stood out to me. It's I kind of went back and watched some of the film as early in the year. It really was uh it just felt like whether it be Cooper or Battle or, or Garcia times, it was like, here's the ball, try to create something, please. Um, but then yeah, towards the end of the year, they started being more competitive, getting a couple wins, and it was like, Oh yeah, there's actually good ball movement. Some of these sets are flowing better. Uh, guys are now knocking down more perimeter shots, which was a big thing too, I think. So I, I think those are all obviously those are positives just to come into the year. Um, you mentioned Cooper is gone now. He is a big part of the offense, ball in his hands a ton last year. One of the highest assist rates, I believe. Yeah, 13th highest mm -hmm. assist rate in the country. 
He's gone, but Minnesota brings in two uh, backcourt transfer transfers in Mike Mitchell and Elijah Hawkins. What do you kind of expect from them? And who do you think out of the two starts, unless you think both starts? You know, I, I'm expecting both of them to bring some better three-point shooting to this team. They absolutely struggled in that department last year. And when they would get cold, they would get cold. It was like the confidence dropped and the whole team just kind of lagged. I hope that these two can maybe spark some more shots when it's necessary. When things get cold, they can create a little bit more. Uh, Mike Mitchell Jr. was 44% from three last year. And then Elijah Hawkins, I believe, is 46. So hopefully that transition carries over as they step into the Big Ten. But I think they can play on the floor together. But from what I saw in the first practice, and again, that's nothing that it's like, okay, this is what it is. Stamp it. But I would guess only one of them starts and the other one might be the first off the bench. If I had to put a guess on it right now, I would say that I saw a lot of Elijah Hawkins in that practice. So I would imagine maybe he starts and then Mike Mitchell Jr. can come in as either the one or the two off the bench. Um, and I think that Carrington starts at the two. That's just kind of where I was after watching that first practice. But again, very early. So who knows there? But I'm looking forward to their shooting and hopefully more pick and roll from both of them. Both of them having high assists per game last year hopefully working in with Dawson Garcia and Pharrell Payne. But the biggest thing I'm slightly worried about is the turnovers per game. Both of them had three or four turnovers per game, which is a lot. And you got to cut it down because you love the assists, but you don't want to give it away just as much as you are assisting. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think I also like that it seems like both, and part of it was system, but like both just played faster last year. Yep. I wouldn't mind seeing Minnesota push it at least a little bit more. Um, they were one of the slower offensive teams in the country last season. I think Hawkins and Mitchell, both are guys that can just kind of get the ball, push, go create for others. Um, yeah, the shooting you mentioned is huge. Hawkins was, you know, we were, they were both mid-40s last year. I think was Hawkins was mid-30s the year before. So it'll be interesting to see where that number falls this year. But mm -hmm. obviously both guys that can hit tough shots. Hawkins is interesting to me because – I, he was tasked with so much, it seemed like, last year on some right. of the games I watched. And, like, like even I, they played, I, what, Kansas, I think, in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and he had, like, eight assists or something, but he also had eight turnovers. And it's tough where it's, like, like, like you said, you don't want to turn it over as much as you're assisting, but then it's also if he's now in a system that he doesn't have to – he doesn't have to generate eight assists or all these opportunities that maybe the turnovers does come down, um, hoping that, you know, doesn't have to force pot passes as much. And then Mitchell's, I, I think I trust Mitchell more as a shooter. Um, mm -hmm. I, he's just, I, I think he has really, really good range, can legitimately shoot from anywhere on the floor. Uh, not a guy that's going to get to the rim a ton, but can still create well out of pick and roll. Two guys that like, I, I think your Cooper obviously was, Cooper was very, was good last year for Minnesota and, and facilitating that. But I think with Hawkins and Mitchell, Minnesota should have more or less 40 minutes of at least like solid point guard play. Um, and then, you know, obviously they have to translate to the Big Ten. We'll see how good or, or not they are, but right. it should be 40 minutes of solid big uh, point guard play, which is going to be super big. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. Believe it or not, I feel like a lot of fans really didn't like Cooper last year, which I was kind of always 
dumbfounded by, but I'm hoping for more uh, consistent point guard play. And the thing that I think a lot of people maybe haven't taken into full consideration is that I think Mike Mitchell Jr. brings a lot of swagger to him too. He's not afraid to chirp on the court and bring the energy. And I feel like that's what this team was missing last year. So I'm hoping his addition can help spark some of that life into the team when it's getting tough or when there's adversity, like, no, we're still here. Let's get back in this. I think that could be big on its own too. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, that could be huge. Um, another guy that was, you know, pretty, very important for the team last year was Dawson Garcia, uh, transferred from UNC and now will have his second year in the program. What are you kind of hoping to see in year two with Minnesota? Um, and I guess how, like in terms of like big 10, like, do you think he can make an all big 10 team? I do. I really do. And I think that if he would have had those times where he's injured, I think you see still his numbers be higher. I know you could make the argument that if he was on the floor more, maybe those come down because he doesn't have uh, he has more games that bring those numbers down. But I really do think he's going to be heavily involved. I think that there's less of that question marks of who takes the shot when, who is the alpha in this situation between him and battle, because I think this offense is going to run through Garcia and Payne. I think at every given possession, you're going to see some sort of post touch, whether it be at the top, uh, at the on the block or whether it be at the top of the key on that free throw line, but you're always going to see the post touch the ball. And the thing is that his versatility allows you to have him outside of the three point line or have him inside, but allow him to create and move and find open shots for him. So I think he's going to see a lot of usage, which will give him the opportunity to get onto those big 10 teams, potentially just with being a heavy creative usage and getting a lot of opportunities. Yeah, he should be one of, if not the guy, I feel like this year for Minnesota. He sort of developed into that last year, I think, at at least at times. Obviously, we already mentioned like the fit with battle, pain emergence, all that stuff. Um, but he just he seemed comfortable towards the end of the year, which I think was huge. Shot pretty well, 34.5% from three, 49.8% from two. Maybe you're hoping, you know, the two-point percentage goes up a bit. Um, but also if mm-hmm. he's the guy, then he's gonna be taking some tougher shots. So it's it's this balance that goes back and forth for sure. Um I liked his pairing with Payne as the season emerged. I'm also a big Payne guy, and we'll we'll get to him in a bit. Um, so maybe that kind of influences my thought on this, anyways. But do you? He showed that he can play the four or five if needed. Do you think he's better at the four with Payne, or do you think uh, it's more of he can play both and, and he's going to be good at either? I think it allows him to be versatile, to be honest. I think it allows him to play different roles when Payne isn't on the floor. Maybe you see him in the blocks more or you see him creating within the within the uh, cylinder. Whereas when he Payne is on the floor, he can kind of take up that space and Dawson can still be a threat from the outside. Or when it comes to the biggest question I have with this team is when it's all said and done, when things are getting cold, when you can't buy a bucket, how are you going to find one with this team? And I think that, First answer is going to be Dawson Garcia and allowing him to create. So I think that is maybe where you see him start to get all over open on the floor outside and moving inside and creating in that front. And maybe you set up a pick and roll with Payne and Garcia. That would be interesting to say the least. So I think overall it brings versatility and I can see him thriving in both situations, which is exciting for this team that needs some excitement overall. Yeah, definitely. And going back to the all big 10 team, like, the ability for Garcia to now play the four or the five, that's going to help his case too. Just being able to play more minutes straight up. And, and like you said, he can play in the post or he can stretch out if needed. Uh, we can now we can hit on Payne too, who had a solid freshman year, 
Um, I, I think he really kind of developed throughout the year. You saw him start to become more and more comfortable. Had the 20th best two-point percentage in the country last year at 69.3%. Uh, one of the most efficient finishers at the rim, 93rd percentile on 126 attempts. Um, what are you hoping to see in the year two jump? This is, you know, the sophomore leap is a pretty common thing for a lot of players that uh, at least the fans hope that these freshmen that play solid minutes take this kind of sophomore leap now that they have a full year under their system. Yeah, I think the first thing, first and foremost, that I'm looking for with Payne is to stay out of foul trouble because you want him on the floor more often. And I believe that became an issue throughout the season is just with the bigs and the physicality of that Big Ten basketball. We saw him get into early foul trouble. We saw him have to sit and that took away an element to what this team wanted to do. So I think first and foremost, hopefully he can play with controlled aggression so that way he can know when it's smart to put himself in those risky positions or when sometimes you just have to let one go and get back on the other side of the ball so that's the thing first and foremost but then after that i think you want to see a little bit more consistency scoring because some games he would be up into the 14 18 20 points and then other games he would have four or five and a lot of that came with not being on the floor as much because of foul trouble but you want to see him consistently maybe just getting the 10 on the low nights as opposed to a four or five point game. And I think as he continues to develop that, it's going to be huge for the Gophers. But believe it or not, so I was at that first practice last week, and Pharrell Payne was a big guy on his own in freshman year. He looks like he is bigger, He is, but in a good way. Like he has more muscle to him. He looks like he has like a little bit more burst in his bounce. And this man could be absolutely scary as a big man in this Big Ten league as he continues to put it together. Yeah, he's one of he'll be one of the bigger or stronger players, I think, in the Big Ten this year. Um, and this is a little bit of a quote unquote down year, I think, for the bigs in the Big Ten, at least compared to last year. But like there's still a ton of talent. You even look at like Terrace Reed, Felix Akpara, two other sophomore bigs. Um, mm. and, and Payne is Payne can be every bit as good as them, if not better. The efficiency at the rim is huge. Obviously, I'm hoping he just keeps that up on higher volume um, as he we hope and presume that he kind of gets featured a bit more. I, when I went back and I was surprised that he only started four games for whatever reason, I thought he started way more towards the end of the year. Um, so that was interesting. I, it's going to, I guess, do you think like, is he going to be the starter this year? Like it's his job now. It's a great question. I feel like from what I saw, and again, it's hard to make the calls off of that, but I could see Dawson starting at the four with Pharrell at the five. I know last year they tended to start Dawson at the five and had Josh Ola Joseph starting at the four. And I could see Ola Joseph playing some more three this season as well. So three and four for him, depending on what they're looking for. So I think you'll see more starts from him. Uh, I, I don't know right away from the jump because Ben Johnson likes to throw some curveballs on that department. Anytime I expect someone to be a starter, all of a sudden, Will Ramberg is starting. And I'm like, oh, did not expect that whatsoever. So I think maybe the first few games, people might be irritated by it if he's not. But I think eventually he'll work his way into that starting rotation. Yeah, I think that's definitely fair then. Um, I'm excited to see him continue to develop defensively. I think he's a really, really good rim protector. Had a pretty solid block rate last year. You mentioned the fouls. That's obviously like... A, you know, another give and take kind of of you want him to be able to protect the rim, but obviously you're hoping that he doesn't foul as much so that way he can do it in more minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other thing I think I'm hoping to see a little bit more improvement, which I do think he will just having more minutes now is uh, just a little bit more refined post skills. He was a very good finisher at the rim, but I felt like at times it was a little clunky, I guess, in the post. Um, but 
he was a freshman. Like it's not, you know, that's not the end of the world. And then there's definitely time to improve in that area. Uh, we can move to the incoming freshman that I'm super excited about in Cameron Christie. Do you see him contributing a ton this year for Minnesota? And if so, what do you think he'll kind of bring to the table for the Gophers? I, that is the question of the year for me is him and Caden Betts. I want to know how involved they're going to be on this offense because both of those players really intrigue me with their skill sets. Cam Christie, I feel like he is just a magician from the mid-range. Like he finds ways to create and his pull-up game is smooth. And I went to that practice and I thought he was like, when I'd see pictures or videos from him in high school, he looked kind of scrawny. He looks like he's got some good size to him. I was surprised by that. So I do think that coach is going to try and get him in early in these earlier games, especially in the non-conference, to get them touches and see where they're at when it comes to live bullets and how the speed of the game is going for him. Now, if he thrives in that position, then hopefully he continues to see minutes as we get into the more serious games, as we get into the Big Ten play. But I think early is going to be the question mark for both him and Betts of how effective they are, how much they're growing in those positions, and can they keep up when it gets to the bigger moments? That's going to be the biggest question for both of those guys. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I'm, like I said, I'm super excited for Christy. Like, I, it'll depend on the minutes. He's kind of in this final seven. I haven't made like my official predictions, but he's in my final seven, eight for all Big Ten freshman team. Uh, just there's such a smoothness to this game. You mentioned like the mid range, just like he can just kind of get to a shot whenever in high school, um, super fluid motion, like can get off the release super quick. Um, that's interesting or that's good to hear that about the, the muscle type thing. Cause you know, he did on the high school film, he did look very scrawny uh, and that some of that's just how lanky I think he is too. Doesn't help him in that department, but if he can hold up defensively, I thought he was fine on ball. He was okay off ball. Like if he can hold up physically, that's going to be huge too. I even like, like I thought he could be this sort of secondary facilitator at times. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think he's going to run an offense ever, but you right. swing the ball to him. He takes one dribble, keeps the ball moving, uh, you know, maintains the advantage kind of, I think he can do that kind of type of thing too. And on a team that, um, like we've mentioned, struggled to move the ball some last year. Like that'll be a huge thing too. If he can do that, I could see him, you know, even that being a reason why he gets a few more minutes. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for him. Like he was just watching his high school film. I was just like, yeah, this dude's just, he's just a bucket. Like it's as yeah. simple as that. There's, there's no other way to put it. Um, we kind of are going through the whole roster here, but the two other or two other players that I kind of want to hit on before we move on to a couple other questions is the two other sophomores in Braden Carrington and Joshua Ola Joseph. Both got solid minutes last year. Ola Joseph kind of this utility type player, um, kind of doing whatever, a little bit of everything that's needed. Uh, Carrington was a guy that he was willing to get up shots um, and, and he shot fairly well from three. What are you as, as, do you think both of them will have a pretty big impact this year? And are you, what are some things you're hoping they improve on for the upcoming season? Yeah, I think both of them are going to be heavily involved this season. I think coach Johnson wants to get them in often. And I think they're returning and having knowledge of the system and how they're supposed to play now is going to be big time. I think last year, both of them and majority of the team was thinking too much. It wasn't instinctive. They were like, okay, who's on the floor. So what role do I play? Because Coach Johnson tries to have a lot of fluidity across the team. So you, Braden Carrington can play the two at times or the three at times, or depending on the lineup, maybe he's asked to play the one in certain roles. And I think they were always thinking a little bit too much and it wasn't able to just play ball and get into the groove of things and get confidence. They were like, 
robotic of sorts. And so I think this year you could see in that first practice, there's so much confidence in the room between Carrington and Joshua Joseph now, and it just looks fun again. So I think that's going to be huge for them. Carrington, I think the biggest step up is he showed a lot of upside on defense and being able to play man-on-man defense last year. I think if he can knock down the shot more often in high school, he could hit the three pretty well. He was finding decent percentages in the mid-range game as well. I think if he can carry that over and be a two-way player, it's going to be huge for this team, especially just being able to knock down the three more consistently. But like I said, he looks a lot more confident in the practices we've been able to attend. And then for Joshua Joseph, I think it is finding consistency in that jump shot because he is a freak when it comes to an athletic slasher and getting to the cup. He has that athleticism. He has the aggression to get there. But if they don't have to guard him, if he's out on the three-point line or if he's on the on the key, if he can't shoot there from consistently, it's going to be a struggle for him because they'll play off of him. So I think as long as he can develop his shot, which it sounds like that has been the main focus this offseason, as long as that starts to fall and he finds some consistency with it, he can be a threat at all points of the floor, and that will be huge. But I love that Joshua Joseph always plays aggressive. He always plays like with 100% effort, even if they're down 20. So hopefully they're not down 20 as much, and we can just see him go out and ball out. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see Ola Joseph this year. He was such a versatile defender. I mean, he even like he defended Zach Eady at some points last year, mm-hmm. um, and like, but then it also guarded some twos and threes. Like, but then like you said, the three point shooting. Like, I if I remember that game correctly, I think Eady was on Ola Joseph, and he was just like Eady was just chilling in the paint. Um, mm-hmm. I think the first yeah, step he didn't for Ola like, look to take a three. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that'll be I think the first step is just. Whether it goes in or not, like he's just got to shoot him. Um, I'm looking right now. He put up 21 threes and he played 31 games. So like not even one a game. Um, just, yeah, a willingness to shoot, especially if you're that wide open. You've seen, you know, there's plenty of times in basketball history where that happens. The guy knocks down two or three and now the defense is kind of flustered. It's like, do we have to guard him? Do we keep letting him? All mm-hmm. that stuff. But, you know, he brings such value on the defensive end. And then as a slasher, like you mentioned, that like he's just – he's going to have the opportunity to show that because of how talented he is elsewhere. Carrington was one, like I kind of went back and forth on more. I like, like you said, I think I like the defense. Um, and if you, if he becomes like a consistent, good defender, that's, you know, I, I would say Carrington, Ola Joseph Payne are all like three good defenders. Garcia can be solid. Um, and then the point guard, it was kind of have to see as they translate to the big 10, but that's three, three to four players out of the starting five that are solid defenders. That's going to be huge for this for this team too. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting on that end. But then on the offensive end, we've already kind of mentioned the stagnation at times during last season, things like that. It wasn't a team that shot well. They were the worst free throw uh, shooting team in the country. What are you hoping to see improved on the offensive end this upcoming season? I mean, you brought up a great one right there in free throws. It was embarrassing. I'm not going to lie to you. Like to They're free. Like Nobody can really distract you. And the fact that we were like – around 50% at times was baffling. I think even the team themselves were pretty off put by it. So hopefully that ticks up. But I think the biggest thing for me that I'm hoping to see improved is the ball movement and not getting so stagnant because I think if they do what coach is asking, which I've kind of gotten the sense, even last year when we listened to the Ohio State Gophers game where we got to listen to the coaches mic'd up the entire time, it sounds like what Ben is asking them to do is the right things. And they ended up pulling out that Ohio State game. But 
I think if they start to play more instinctual and move the ball and keep it flowing, we won't have as many of those cold spells because the buckets will be there and they'll be open, but you have to trust it and you have to believe in it. So I think that's going to be the biggest question for me and the biggest concern, because if they can't do that, you could start to see remnants of what happened last year with poor shooting and then they can't buy a bucket then they go down 15, 20 points and then you're trying to claw back in for the rest of the game. But I think the biggest thing that could be the difference here is what I had mentioned earlier of just that energy and the confidence being down. I think if some of these younger players feel it more throughout the season, that's going to help. But I think a guy like Mike Mitchell Jr., a guy like Parker Fox, and a guy like Isaiah Enan, who we haven't really talked about, but those guys coming back from their injuries, they're going to get minutes this year. And they're, they might not be guys that give you 10, 12 points a game. They might give you four a game. But that what they bring when it comes to communication, what they bring when it comes to dog mentality and being able to slap the floor and get in there and like fire the team back up, I think that can help bring this team maybe five to seven more wins because they have someone to pick them back up and get out of their own heads and get out of the cold streaks and play basketball again. So I think that's going to be huge. I'm looking forward to those two players and how they can bounce back, even if it's not all in the stat box, if it's not all in the box score. But overall, if they bring it and help their teammates get out of the slumps, I think it could be big time for the Gophers. Yeah, you hit you hit on a lot of the points that I had um, for this team. It's just it, yeah, there's just there's simple things, there's energy, just things like that that uh, don't necessarily take all the skill in the world that can be improved. I want to hit on the uh, the Ben Johnson mic'd up game because I I enjoyed that a lot. I like I, Chris Holman's a really good coach. I I still believe he's a really good coach, but based on just those two mic'd up, like if I was only based on that game, like I would. I'd want to play for Ben Johnson for sure. Like he was just, uh, you could tell he was just into it. You could tell he cared. Uh, it was just, it was, it was cool to see. I'm hoping that they do that again with, I don't know who it would be this year, but I think that was, I think that was really fun just to be able to see that kind of perspective. So um, one kind of other concern I've had with this roster is the depth specifically in the big room. You mentioned Isaiah Innan, Parker Fox, and then there's also transfer Jack Wilson um, besides, you know, Garcia and Payne, who we already mentioned. You, you kind of, just hit on it a bit, but like obviously in and Fox haven't played in a while. Wilson played his played sparingly. He's like a, he was a defensive offensive or a football offensive lineman in, in college. Yeah. And now it's kind of just playing basketball for his last, I mean, he, he's played basketball throughout, but it hasn't been like his main sport. Right. Um, what are you hoping to see, I guess, out of those three? Like, do you think, or in specifically, I guess for people like me or, or others who haven't really watched in and Fox at all, what should we hope to kind of expect from them? Obviously knowing that they're coming off of injuries for, are they both coming off injuries back-to-back -back years? Yep. Yep. Enan and Fox both had knee injuries in back-to-back -back years. They can't make that up. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, overall, what I'm expecting with those guys, uh, I don't know how much minutes Jack Wilson will see if I'm being hundred percent honest. I think his minutes will be dependent on Fane's Payne's foul trouble. If Payne gets into foul trouble, then he might get more minutes just to be a big body because he is a really big, like he looks he like is. a football player out there, plain and simple. Um, but otherwise, I don't know how much time he'll consistently see. He's more of just like a depth in case Payne's in foul trouble and we need someone to go in there and hang with Edie and try to stop him defensively. Keyword try there. Um, but yeah. I think with Enan and Fox, I think they're going to see minutes. Um Enan maybe could be one of the players that slots into the starting lineup to start the year, uh, depending on how 
how natural he's feeling coming back. Both of them look like they're, they've got their explosion back, which is great to see. And they don't look hesitant. They look like they trust it. And that's what you kind of always worry about with knee injuries after one year, but especially after two years. Um, but Enan will probably play a lot of two or three um, when it comes to position wise, which a lot of people might not guess because he's six foot 10 and very long. But I think what he brings is a lot of length on the defensive side of ball to really cause disruptions on that side. Uh, he can knock down the three here and there, but I think his biggest uh, positive aspect of his game is going to be the defensive versatility, kind of like what you talked about with Joshua Joseph where you can play against a one or a two or a four, and all of a sudden you can switch things more often and it becomes better defensively for you. And Fox, it looks like he was playing a lot of the four position, a lot of similar roles with Payne and Garcia. Um, I'm not sure how great he is as a shooter. Uh, he, he was a D2 All-American, extremely explosive athlete, and he brought a lot of fire and energy. He brought some crazy dunks when he was playing as well, and it looks like he's still got that explosion. So I'm hoping he can be kind of a threat on the inside and he can bring some threat in that post game. But I think he's more of your seventh or eighth guy on the bench to step in and do whatever's asked of him. He's not going to be a guy that you're asking to go and score 10 points. It might be four, and I need you to fire the team up and play consistent defense and get the communication back up. That might be the role. I think it'll depend game to game, but I think both of those two for sure will get minutes, whether it's 10 a game or whether it's 15 a game, they'll be in there somewhere. Yeah, I think that's all fair. Obviously, more than anything, just hoping that they can stay healthy, and I mm -hmm. just want to be able to see what they can do. Um, obviously just for their sake more than anything like that's gotta be can't i can't imagine how tough that would be back-to-back -back years injuries season-ending injuries like that uh and then yeah jack wilson i'm with you like i don't know how many minutes he gets he felt very much like a we're gonna it almost honestly it almost felt like to me we're bringing him in so that way Pharrell Payne had a huge body to go up against in practice too um like to help him develop not that you know for sure jack wilson but like i think that is part he's Six eleven, three twenty-five, or something like that. He was listening at that at some point. I don't know. I guess what he is this at this point. Um, but then, yeah, a guy that he could go in and maybe he eats eight minutes against guys like Edie or Terrace Reed or whatever, or you know, um, Amoria for Rutgers, and he might have four fouls, but you maybe you just live with it just because Payne needs a break. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I don't see him getting too many minutes though this year. Um, so this one's a quick one. What player are you most excited to watch on the roster this year? Oh, that's a tough question. If if he gets minutes, I think Caden Betts is my guy. I'm extremely impressed by him. And he put on 17 pounds from last year when he redshirt freshman, where he should have been a senior in high school because he reclassed. And now he looks confident. He looks strong. And he looks like he could be that maybe fill for what Jamison Battle was, but maybe not as stagnant and moving fluidly in the offense. So I hope he gets time, and I hope we can see him play a lot. Interesting. You've, I haven't, I haven't really watched much of Caden Betts, but you've convinced me. I'm, I'm gonna go. It'll be one of my things I do soon is go back and watch some high school <laughs> Caden Betts film. Um, for me, I think it's Pharrell Payne. Cameron Christie's a close second for me because I, I just, I believe in him as a scorer. But I'll go with Pharrell Payne for mine. Uh, and then, so last thing, and then we'll get you out of here is, and it's kind of just a summary almost for the whole podcast. But what are your kind of keys for the season for the Minnesota squad this year? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is finding an offensive identity, and it seems like that's going to pertain to ball movement, but overall, they need to know who they are. I feel like they got 
lost trying to throw up threes at some point. And then eventually later they worked into the pick and roll game. I think know who you are and play that way. And I think they want to be a defensive team. So you got to come out there and do it. Uh, so I think that's the biggest thing for the Gophers is just find that offensive identity, stay consistent on defense, and the rest will go from there. Yeah, I, that identity word is something that's been kind of stuck with me for this Minnesota squad. Uh, in terms of like preseason rankings, I, I think the general consensus, consensus is it's Minnesota and Penn State are the bottom two. I think Minnesota is much, much more talented. But for like me, as of right now, like, and it's almost, it sounds weird to say because Penn State brings in a new coach and 10 players, but like based on what Rhodes did at VCU and the players he brought in, like at this point, I at least like know what Penn State identity is going to be, or at least I think will be, is this kind of this defensive team going to be long offense is just going to be super grind. We'll see what happens there. Whereas Minnesota, I'm not as confident. Like I said, I think they're way more talented and even have the talent to, I, I, they have the talent to probably get out of like the seller this year. Um, of the Big Ten, but like you said, it's it's finding that identity, sticking to it, kind of figuring out these roles. You're hoping more now that you know you had three freshmen play big minutes last year. Now they're sophomores. They kind of figure out, okay, this is what I do best, and things like that. Uh, the pairing with the point guards, everything like that goes well. So it's gonna be gonna be interesting. I think you know, the, I I think they should they should be better than last year. I don't know where exactly the ceiling is for this team, but going to be interesting to see. I'm excited to see some of these players develop, how it all fits. So appreciate you coming on. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you and your work. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Gophers Kane Rob, or we can find me wherever you get podcasts at Lockdown Golden Gophers. We're also over on YouTube, and hopefully we'll work in maybe some more live reactions after some of the games and whatnot this year for basketball. But that's where you can find me, and we'll be talking Gophers each and every day of the week. There you go. Def. Definitely go check his stuff out. His links will be down in the description. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Jackson CBB. If you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. I only have a couple more of these Big Ten team previews, and then we're getting into some like award seasons, and then it'll be starting into like game breakdowns, things like that. Uh, if you're listening on audio, we are on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcast. Please like, give a five star review. Appreciate everybody tuning in, and I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you.